Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God the Father and from the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God which we will consider this morning, this Palm Sunday morning, is our Old Testament lesson. It's recorded in the book of the prophet Zechariah, chapter 9. There we read verses 9 and 10 as follows in Jesus' name. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and brings salvation. He is humble and is riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow will be taken away, and he will proclaim peace to the nations. His kingdom will extend from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. These are the words. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, dear fellow redeemed, a while back I read an interesting book which gave information about Everything that happens when the President of the United States is about to visit another country or one of the cities in our own country. It's usually a spectacular event when that visit occurs and it takes months of planning and preparation. If the airport is big enough, he flies in aboard Air Force One, the presidential jet, He's accompanied by a squadron of fighter planes in a scrubbed and empty airspace for many miles around. On the ground, he's greeted by a platoon of local dignitaries. Then a well-organized, well-protected motorcade whisks him through the busiest streets and neighborhoods in the city. If he's there for the night, he stays in the finest hotel in that area, or in the home of some wealthy civic leader. Wouldn't it seem strange to us if such a person were to arrive jumping off a boxcar at the train depot, or on a Greyhound bus without the secret service or any sort of fanfare? If he were to come and walk down the streets of our town unescorted, or ride alone on a borrowed bicycle, we would say we have a very unique sort of president. In our text for this Palm Sunday, the prophet Zechariah looks ahead over 500 years, and he describes quite accurately our Lord's triumphant but humble entrance into Jerusalem, the city where he would die. He is the king of Israel, as Christians, we readily acknowledge him to be the king of the world. And yet his arrival was much different from the sort that we would expect of such a king. Today, as we look at this prophecy, we will consider the arrival of our unique Savior King. And we say that he's unique in the way that he comes and that he is unique in the way that he conquers. Zechariah wrote, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. 
He is righteous and brings salvation, humble and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus' arrival into Jerusalem that Sunday at the beginning of the Passover week was not ignored, but it did lack some of the majesty we would expect. He didn't come atop a 700-pound war stallion draped in colorful armor. That would have been quite impressive. He wasn't surrounded by a fearsome battalion of soldiers, each one armed to the teeth. That would have put the Jewish and Roman leaders on notice. They would have understood that now a powerful monarch was coming to town. How did he arrive? On a donkey. Not on a mighty battle beast, but a lowly beast of burden, the sort of uh, animal an ordinary citizen would use for hauling around produce or clothing. In fact, he was riding on a colt, that is a small young donkey, and one on loan to him at that. He entered not surrounded by an intimidating military entourage, but in the company of simple, unassuming believers, including a group of fishermen from Galilee. And though he accepted the cheers and the palm branches that were laid before him, he did nothing to attract attention to himself. After all, he was born in poverty and lowliness in nearby Bethlehem. We wouldn't be surprised by his lowly entrance during the three years of his ministry. He never assumed a worldly, self-glorifying posture. In fact, he resisted and fled the efforts of those who wanted to make him an earthly king. Often after he astonished a crowd with a miracle, he directed the people who saw it not to broadcast what they had witnessed. So St. Paul wrote of Jesus in our epistle today, Though he was by nature God, he did not consider equality with God as a prize to be displayed, but he emptied himself by taking the nature of a servant. His humble appearance in the city that day fit some other prophecies that had been made about him. He would be a king, but a quiet and gentle king. As Isaiah prophesied, he will not shout or cry out, or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Our king is unique. The style of his coming was unique. And the purpose of his coming was unique. Though he is in every respect the king of kings, worthy of all honor and glory, he came not to be installed on a royal throne and visited by world powers. He came to die. Even on that glorious day as the people were chanting their songs of praise and as the palm branches waved, Jesus saw beyond all of that to the place of the skull and the cross on which his body would soon be nailed. In a matter of days, he knew a crowd would holler for his death, and he would be crucified. Jesus is unique in the way that he comes and he conquers. If a king of one country decides to launch an attack on another country, he'd better have a 
large supply of weapons ready and a large number of soldiers prepared to use them. Even a big, powerful country, when that happens, attacks a smaller, weaker one. The victory normally does not come without at least some resistance and without some casualties. But King Jesus came into Jerusalem to conquer without any weapons. In fact, in the whole account of his arrest and suffering and death, there's just one instance of a weapon being drawn and wielded on his behalf. When Peter lopped off the ear of one of the men who came to arrest the Lord in Gethsemane, Jesus scolded Peter and he ordered him to put away his weapon and then he kindly restored that ear to the injured man. When a king comes under attack, he rallies his soldiers around him, brave, strong men willing to protect him at any cost. But when the officers of the court came to arrest him in Gethsemane, Jesus' only demand was that they should allow his disciples to go free. And most of them immediately took that opportunity to get out of harm's way. One of them literally running out of his clothes in order to escape the violence now beginning to rain down on his Lord. This passive conquering also had been foretold in Zechariah's prophecy that we're looking at today. It says, I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be taken away. Our unique Savior King came to conquer, not by taking life, but by giving up his own. He came to conquer not nations and armies, but sin itself and death and hell's power. He did that by passively surrendering himself to cruel suffering and a brutal death. And though this must have looked for all the world like the most pitiful collapse and defeat, it was, we know, a great victory, for by dying, Jesus won that victory for us. The prophecy says he is righteous and brings salvation. By his death, we have the forgiveness of all of our sins, all of our transgressions that we've committed against God and which were held against us have been washed away in that holy, innocent blood which Christ the King poured out for us on Golgotha's battlefield. Our sins could only pay off in the wages of death, but because the very Lord of life came and gave his life for us, we now possess by faith life which will never end with him in heaven. Today, Jesus, our King, still comes to us in ways which seem quite humble and unspectacular. He comes to us not with force or intimidation, but quietly with his word of peace. So the prophet declared, he shall speak peace to the nations. Words on printed pages and spoken from human lips may not appear to the world as a proper way for a king to come. And simple water poured in a basin and bread and wine distributed from the altar may not stop traffic. But by his gospel, 
In the Word and in communion and in holy baptism, Jesus, our King, comes to our hearts and he declares his victory over those foes which would drag us into hell. By the forgiveness he won for us, he comes to us and pronounces the best peace which could ever exist, and that is peace between the holy God and terrified, rebellious sinners like you and me. Jesus still comes today. He still conquers by his word of peace. As our holy replacement, he reconciled the world to God by his sinless life, lived for us, and his innocent death at the cross. In this way, he ended the war when he died shouting, It is finished. Now forgiveness of sin and life is left here for all who will hear this good news and believe it. Though his gospel may seem weak and insignificant when compared with worldly power and might, it has the ability to do what no earthly arsenal could ever do. It can change a human heart. His word of peace breaks down the strongholds of fear and hostility between us sinners and our God. In its place, the gospel creates a state of peace with God, love for him, and love for one another. And this message of peace through faith in Christ is a message intended for all the world to hear. For as Zechariah wrote, his kingdom will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. And after he rose from the dead, he said to his followers to go into the world, saying, preach the good news to all creation. This Palm Sunday morning, as we begin another Holy Week, let us bind ourselves tightly to our unique Savior King. He entered Jerusalem not in awesome might, but in peaceful humility. And he conquered not with weapons and soldiers, but with his own sacrificial death and his word of peace, which brings us peace. He still comes quietly, and he still conquers with his gospel. Hear it, and then by the Holy Spirit, who leads you to believe it, say to him who stands at the door and knocks, Come, Lord Jesus, and rule me always as my Savior and my King. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forevermore. Amen. Please rise for the apostolic benediction. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.